called us your own. We thank you, Father, for appearing to us. We thank you, God, for speaking to us. We thank you, Father, for making your home in us. We thank you, Father, for building us into your own people. We thank you, Father, for including us as a part of your plan. My God, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Again, I want to welcome you to the Scribal Conservatory Arts and Worship Center. We are very, very pleased to have you join us this morning. Listen, I am in here trying to slide these slides and they're not moving. I know. Yeah, so I'm going to need some assistance real quick. It's just not, it's kind of stuck. You can see it. It's zoomed in. Uh-oh, hold on. Things that I should know, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I just want to let you know real quick that we have a refreshments available before and after service at the coffee station. Um, in the midst of your offering this morning, I just want to encourage you to fill out the index cards if we do not have your information. And if you're online, I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. Welcome. And we need your contact information as well. So Minister Chiquita is available. Minister Darlene is available to assist you with that. I just want to remind you to keep track of upcoming events by going to our Facebook Bible study group. So if you are online, make a quick screenshot of this so that you can join us. And then, of course, we have Bible study Tuesday night. So don't forget to join us um, for Bible study. There are some other announcements um, that we have also. Let's see. Yes, the restrooms are located um, to your left if you're already seated. And when you come out and go to the left again, so, yes, and we have book, our book discussion is Thursday nights at 8 p.m. So right now we're still going through Dr. K's book, Connecting. So I just want to encourage you to make absolutely I'm sure you join that if you want to go deeper in the word of God, if you want to explore um, some unique topics that take us into maturity. So I just want to encourage you um, in that. So. God bless you this morning. God bless you this morning. Normally, we would do an art presentation, but it's 1130. So we're going to go into our word in just a minute, but we're going to have the offering first. I'm going to ask um, Minister Bernard, Apostle Bernard, if you would just come and join us with that. And as he comes, if you're online, you'll get a list of um, different ways to give. But for the sake of the ministry, we're asking everyone to kind of download the Givelify app for that. Here you are, Apostle. God bless you. God bless you, the you that are watching, you that are live, and we are 
always thankful to the Lord for the seeds he give us uh, to deposit and to give. And we bring an offering. And one of the one of the things about bringing an offering is our offering is a reflection of ourselves. And so it's not the offering is not separate from who we are, but but we offer ourselves first. And so we are thankful um, Sister Nalda for leading us in worship and just preparing our hearts to worship the Lord. And so now we give in worship and I want to encourage you to give. And we don't, you know, we don't play games in giving. Uh, no pressure is on us to give. We give freely, but we do want to give and we want to honor the Lord in our giving. And we want to say to him that we value the things that he has brought to our lives, the scribal conservatory. That is a gift to us. And so when we sow into the conservatory, we're acknowledging the value of the gift. When we uh, when we sow into Apostle Teresa, we are valuing the gift. And it's it's a blessing to to have people and to have places in your life that you can value. And so um, and so give your best offering today and let's just honor the Lord in our giving. Amen. 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 I want to remind those who are online, if you have questions, be sure to um, post your questions. Those who are stewarding that online will answer them directly if they can. But if you have a question that we need to answer after service, I just want you to rest assured that um, we're going to do that today. Today, I do want to just remind you of what the Scribal Conservatory is all about very briefly. I'm not going to read a whole lot, but I want you to know that the Scribal Conservatory is an equipping, empowering, is committed to equipping, empowering, and supporting a generation of creative believers seeking pure, impactful, and immersive ministry in the 21st century. We're living in unique times. Technologically, we're living in unique times. Just the structure and the way things are done are unique right now. So we're moving and, and in that vein so that we can stay on task and meet this present and rising generation. So I want to let you know that we have four pillars that we uphold. The first pillar is transforming nations. And we do that through the renewing of the mind, Romans 12, 2, reinforcing covenant, which is um, Hebrews 8, 6 through 3. And it simply says Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Also, we elevate Christ above men. And Christ is worthy of greater honor than Moses. And this is Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. And the last part, and probably what I believe is one of the most critical catalysts of the conservatory, 
is that um, we increase, we exist to increase understanding. So Proverbs 2 declares, and read the whole thing, it's very important, that he stores up sound wisdom for the righteous. He stores up sound wisdom for the righteous. So that is a heart for you and with you. So I'm really excited to be with you today as we build deeper into that. And um, we go further than we ever have in the midst of what God has called us to and what he has called us to do. But I just want to ask you a question. I always love challenging you. We're going to talk about a little gardening today. I know that's really weird for me to be talking about plants and those kinds of things. (laughs) But listen, this is the Lord. But I want you to just consider for a moment what you consider glory to be. What comes to mind when you think of God's glory? What comes to mind? So I want to ask some of you, if you don't mind, to just stand and, and, you know, or just where you are and just tell us what that means to you. We're just taking a minute for the children to um, go to the back. So, but what is God's glory? This isn't a trick question. There are no wrong answers. Or what have you been taught about God's glory? One or two responses, because this is important to our lesson. Go ahead. The power of his presence. That's wonderful. That's absolutely right. Any other suggestions or? The reflection of him within us. Those are excellent. So our message today is going to be when Christ appears. When Christ appears. There's such a profound and simple truth to this. And I don't know about you, but this year has been unlike many other years I've ever had. It's just been a strange and peculiar year. And I'm not just speaking of hardship. I'm just speaking purely, I'm speaking of awkwardness, of things shifting, not certain where things are going to fit. But there's another part to this that I want us to consider. I hear this a lot from people, and I really want to have this come before us. People saying, I'm not sure where I am in the faith. I'm not sure I'm where I need to be. Or if I'm really doing what God has called me to do or being who God has called me to be. The truth of this, though, is, and I I want you to hear me, we have a lot of expectations and pressure that we put on ourselves. And we've also had a lot of expectation and pressure that we've allowed other people to put on us. But when God appears is just a phrase I want you to hear. It's not going to sound like I'm talking about that at first, but we are getting there. We are getting there. There's this song that um, is used to be very popular. It came out some years ago. It's called For His Glory. We don't have legal license to play or sing that, but if you all know that song, I want you to hold it. It was by Tasha Cobbs. 
So I just want you to remember those lyrics and to have them. I would love to be able to share them with you, but if we're going to be able to release this video, I can't release that song. <laughs> That's why we don't do worship live. We have to honor that until we are in a place where we can get the licensing to do it. Does that make sense, you guys? So we don't want to be censored online and lose our, um, <laughs> our, our, our ability to post. So you already know the copyright notice. There's no need to do that. God's plan for each and every one of us is to grow up in him. That's really his plan. He wants us to be the best version of himself that we can be in the earth. That's literally what he wants. That's literally what we want. But when we come into our, our experiences of the faith, just the climate and the culture of our environment can sometimes make it very, very, very difficult for this to be simple. Oh my goodness. And sometimes we just don't have a clear picture of what growth looks like or what it's supposed to look like in us. But when we consider when God appears, it will bring clarity to that place of spiritual growth. I may need a charger in a little bit. So just letting you guys know. So I put this up here because for a long time, this is what I thought I wanted. This is what I thought I wanted. Here we have these um, keys, this key here, and it represents all of our striving, all of our effort to be something, to do something that we might consider meaningful. There was a time when I believed all these things by themselves were meaningful. My whole life was driven in this direction, career-wise, um, even neglecting family to a point. It was all about me, all about what I wanted to do. But as you look at these slides, they're not negative. Nothing happening here is negative. But it's all about how we prioritize, right? It's about what we value and what we learn to put first. So this isn't about criticizing success, running after your dreams, meeting goals, facing the finish line. All of those things are okay, but there is a balance. There is a balance. When I look at my life today, I'm like, oh my God, I love all of these things, but I've found something much more beautiful on the other side. What is on the other side of that? My faith. And I had to look at, okay, these things are wonderful, but what is it that will sustain me when all the other things are gone? What is it that can strengthen and lift me up and cause me to be the best me that I can be within the confines of my faith? And I think about the sacrifice Jesus made, which is why I have the cross here and the nails. I think about how he's carried me, which is the picture I want you to see of yourself when you see the shepherd and the sheep. The third picture, the one on the bottom, looks a lot different from this one. This one was all about Teresa. 
This was all about my goals, my dreams. And I hope that some of you can identify with that because I also think that depending on the phase of life you're in, you're probably going to be there. That's not negative. Please understand this is not about something being negative. It's about waking up and appearing to what really matters in life. I mean, nothing's wrong with success. But let's go back to that third picture, the one at the bottom. I found out that I liked that mountain a whole lot better. I like the idea of not just, and you can do that on both sides in the success model, and you can do it here. But what gets you here, and I'm speaking to those who know the Lord, what gets you here and what gives you that balance is the Christ appearing on the inside of you. Because that's his heart. He wants all of that success to feed into this joy that we even see right here on, on the picture of the lady smiling like, yes. She's not saying that simply because she has succeeded. She's saying yes, because what others have contributed as well. Amen. Can you see that? Can you see that? It's simple. This is not meant to be deep. It's not meant to be this part. It's not because we're on a journey. We're on a journey. And I just feel like there's some of us who are not fulfilled. We're doing things, we're, we're traveling, we're going places, we're connecting, we have friendships, but there's this something on the inside of us that still makes us feel incomplete. I know what that feels like. And I know some of you know what that feels like as well. It's like this deep longing and you know, when I think about that song, For Your Glory, I always think about how I used to sing that, but I didn't understand what I was singing. Because sometimes an immersive faith can look like a burden when our expectations, what we've been taught, what we believe, what we've been told, we looking at everybody else, that's a burden that we cannot fulfill. Nobody can fulfill the burden that comparison brings. No one. And it's a heavy burden. But that, that, that empty place, that missing link, despite everything wonderful happening that's on the inside of us is where we need to see Christ appear. Oh my goodness. It's hard to find that path sometimes and to find your way. God's plan is for each and every one of us to grow up in him. I want you to see this picture that I put this um, particular slide on. I think it's very important to this conversation because this, this, the ground is probably the most important part of this conversation. 
when we have dreams for success, we have dreams for achieving tremendous goals in our lives. But listen, those things have to be in the kind of ground that that kind of vision can be nurtured in. Not just the corporate success mind, but the heart that God has for us. We're talking to believers. We're talking to believers because he's the one that strengthens and empowers us to be able to make sense of those dreams, to make sense of those um, visions. Oh my goodness, that's that. this is a repeat slide, but it's a necessary one. <laughs> and you can see that every part of the growth process has a different stage. And I want you to consider for a minute that when you plant in good ground, everything planted in good ground reaches for the light. Creation reaches for the light. You might have to be bent over sometimes because we've seen plants like that, but they're there and they're reaching. And we know not all plants make it, but guess what? It becomes good soil. We get a second opportunity and a cultivated field. Key words, cultivation, good soil. God's plan for each and every one of us is to grow up in him, to be like him, to make him known, to have a clear picture of what our growth looks like. And it looks a lot like these gloves, that little hand shovel, all that dirt in these plants. Oh my gosh. And this process never stops. It just Sometimes you got to dig up the plant, cut the tops off, spray stuff, whatever is necessary for it to live. Even if it's limping. A little bit dead. It's amazing what a drop of water can do. <laughs> Isn't it? It's amazing what a drop of water can do. Oh my goodness, God is that God is that gardener. We know the scriptures about the true vine. No need to study to study those today. But I want you to make a mark and to go back and read all the scriptures about the true vine. <laughs> the vineyard, the vine dresser. They're all relevant to the appearance that Christ is making in our lives right now. My goodness. Many people don't know this, but my dad, my father was a farmer. And Leonard and I, believe it or not, grew up in that environment. We had fields of corn, fields of peas. I used to cry when my grandma would make me go pick blackberries. I mean, and shell, how do you, shell peas? Sitting on the front porch with grandma shelling peas and crying the whole time. <laughs> it was amazing. We would have squash and red potatoes. We grew blueberries. We, I mean, peach trees. My family across the street raised animals for me. We lived like that until I moved to Atlanta at the age of 30 around the age of 28, 28. 
after that, my whole life changed. I Believe it or not, I loved gardening. I loved fishing. What happened? I didn't cultivate it. My dad taught me to identify poison bushes and trees, and I can still do that to this day. I told my sister just recently that she had a poison ivy farm all around her front porch. And I'm going up there like this, because if you've ever touched the wrong place, you suffer. Country life teaches you that. (laughs) So we're still talking about, you know, this ground. These that sometimes you go so far in the earth and we used to find rocks. I'm like, there were no rocks on the surface. This ground looks perfect. And my dad would always tell me, he would say, this ground has been cultivated for years and you hit different parts of the earth and then it pulls up these rocks and you have to take your time to get the rocks out of the garden. But those those um, fields produced beautiful greens last year. They produced powerful turnips and mustards and rapes and squash and watermelons and there were no rocks last year but you're going deeper in the cultivation see Christ can't appear when you stop going deeper what is happening to me you stopped somewhere you you went off somewhere else and you never got back to the good ground. God didn't leave. Your focus did. Right? Growing is not about rules. It's not. It's about cultivation. Never been about rules. And that's one of the things that I hope the conservatory can understand. Loving God isn't an obligation. It's not about doing this and doing that so you can please him. It's not, mm-mm, got to get this aligned. Simple question, how can I love God with everything in me? That pulls up and exposes the rocks. I remember thinking that my dad would, his told, my dad was a, um, you know what they call shade tree mechanics? He was a shade tree gardener. He rigged up everything. He would go in that little shed, come out with stuff, and I see him beating, burning, molding. It worked. See, he didn't like to spend a lot of money. And he grew up old school. If he had lived, he'd be in his 80s today. And he grew up in a a time when people plowed farms with mules. We still had those old plows in our backyard and he would love telling us how you would hold a mule and how his granddaddy would ride that thing, um, little old man about to fall in the dirt, trying to plow fields and fields and fields for food for the family. Listen, he knew how to nurture the soil. 
My dad said that my great-grandfather would pray while he plowed. My great-grandfather raised my father. He raised him. His father did not raise him. He was abandoned by his father, but yet he was father. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> we need to experience life. I'm going to try this. I just want you to see this. We need to experience life in his glory. I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. But I chose this particular image because it, that's a tree. It's not a plant. <laughs> it's a tree. But, and it looks like a lot of rain. And it sometimes it looks like it's going to rain so much that the tree could probably be uprooted. But this is the thing about trees and about plants. And one, one of the things I love about plants is that even if the water pulls them up, all you got to do is find good ground and plant them back in the soil. They'll struggle for a couple of days, but they can survive. I'm not going to tell on my husband, but there was a field across the street from our house and it was full of greens and it rained and it stormed and it rained and it stormed one day and we wanted some greens so bad. We've been eyeballing those greens from across the street. Now across the street for us was probably a half acre because our family's property, my dad's property sat on a number of acres. My family's property combined about 800 acres and we were all sharing. The only thing we went in town for was flour, meal, even ground sausage was made across the street. <laughs> and my daddy was a moonshine. But that's another story. <laughs> so when I say country, y'all, I'm country. I'm citified now to a point. But, man, life was like this. So let's get back to these drowning collard greens across the street. So Leonard decided, my husband decided he was going to go over there and get some greens. <laughs> it was pouring rain just like this. Just like this. And if you know a garden, you know a, a well-cultivated garden, it's like quicksand when it rains, which is a beautiful thing. Believe it or not, I used to like mud. I still like mud as long as it's critter-free. <laughs> so, you know, we used to find all kinds of things in the garden. Strange caterpillar, worms. We would find insects I'd never seen in my life. So that kind of did it in for me. <laughs> my dad would be able to say, oh, that one's not going to eat anything. No, that one will eat it up. If you see one of those, we got to get it out. Now it's going to kill all the plants. But then we had this whole deer and rabbit problem. They would just, I would remember one day looking out the window and those butter beans were coming up so pretty. The next day, all we had were stems. 
because the rabbits and the deer would eat the tops of the seedlings. <laughs> but anyway, so when we see this rainstorm, Leonard decides, okay, I'm getting some greens. Now, first of all, we know in the country, those of who are really countryfied, picking greens in the rain means they're going to be really dirty. And not because the ground is dirty, but because the wet puts the, the dirt everywhere. It makes all the earth come up with the plants. But there he is. He got on his little rain boots, overalls. And I'm looking out the window watching this disaster getting ready to happen. But I want some greens too, so I'm rooting. So here, here he is walking across the street. In the rain, I can see the lady who used to live in the house. Believe it or not, we had generations of not only our family in this area, but descendants of our slave owners as well, still living together in the same community. Everybody getting along, everybody knowing each other. Oh, come on, let's get some green. You know, times have changed. So we were still dipping in each other's neighborhood, you know. And so there he was walking across the street and I saw Leonard stop. Then I saw him lean. He bent down to try to, he, and I, when he came back home, he had those greens, but he was muddy. Muddy. And it was a lot of work because the boots suck into the earth. But listen, it was worth it. Because he's an excellent cook. And we were able to enjoy those greens, even though it cost us a lot to sludge through the mud. You know, we have a lot of stories in life, and I probably don't tell enough of them, but I know my way around the garden, and so does he. We haven't done it in a good a long time, but we could do it. I'm just not of the farming mind. Even though I did it back then, it was more because grandma made me, daddy did it, but I did enjoy some parts of it. But take a look at this. Take a look at this. You're going to think I've been on a, on a weird little journey, but I'm not. This is all going to make sense in a few minutes. We've read the book of Colossians. I've been pushing that for years within the conservatory. When I was preparing this particular message today, all of my pages were marked up online and on paper because I've combed through the book of Colossians so much over the years. But Colossians 3, 1 through 3. And basically, Paul is really giving the church of Coloss, the people of Colossae, a real good understanding of what Christ has fulfilled. He wants them to understand the person and nature of Christ. So chapter one, chapter two, what we call chapter one, but it's one letter. But chapter one, chapter two is building some foundations. And then when you get to chapter three, verse one, it says this. It says, <laughs> he's basically telling them, you have been raised with Christ. Now, I want you to consider the seedling we saw earlier and how it grows out of the ground and it bends into the light. I know we don't often look at being saved or being called out of darkness or into the light from that perspective, 
But if a plant understands its assignment, if a plant understands that it has to be, if the sun over here, that plant don't go over here. If that sun is over here, if that, if that plant gets broke, it's going to be bent and up. It's going to always try to find the light. You know, the scripture says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is what it means. It doesn't mean that there's just a heavy spirit of God everywhere and I'm just going to fall out. That's not what that means. It means that creation cries out for him. Do you know that we would get very sick without sunlight? Do you know that we would die in days without water? We are like the plant. Except way more powerful. But it's interesting because we also depend on the plant in our earthly realm. You have been raised with Christ. So as we consider creation, I want you to consider how the plant is raised. And we're raised in a very similar way. It says, set your hearts on things above, on things above, not, well, let's see, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. My God. Just think about that for a minute. He didn't say set our lives on rules and regulations. He didn't say set our lives on the expectations of other people. He didn't say set our lives on, um, you know, we have to do the things of life like go to work but our lives are not set there. Are you following? So when we're not fulfilled, listen, we need to start looking at where we have set our hope. If a plant knows when to lift up and bow, how much more is expected of us. Listen, I saw TikTok, I admit it. I saw a TikTok of a thirsty squirrel. And this squirrel was trying to get the attention of anybody who would pass by. And he started targeting people with water bottles and reaching the water bottle when the people came by. This one guy out of all of those people realized the squirrel was asking for help. Wish I had the video to play. He opened the water bottle. The squirrel wouldn't let him touch him. But when he tipped the bottle over, the squirrel went right up to it and started drinking the water pouring from the bottle. When he got enough, the squirrel looked at him, ran toward him, then ran back to wherever it came from. Creation knows what it needs. That squirrel has set his heart on living. 
by any means necessary, even trusting an untrustworthy human. Oh my God, an animal. People don't give animals enough credit. I'm moving along. <laughs> you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Oh my God. We've been, can you, I, I just, don't you know you've been raised? This is a everybody's scripture, not just a Christian scripture. The world is in its place. You know, people who don't know our hope because they don't recognize that they've been raised. They've been, I'm not talking about reared, like training. I'm talking raised from dead, given good ground, given a pasture, a field, given a garden, given a vineyard. Oh my goodness. And then he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now we know we have to take a bath and eat. So we're not talking about those kinds of things. He's talking about things that we have no control over. As much as we might want to be rich, it hasn't happened yet. Right? So are you going to spend your whole life miserable because you're not rich yet? Uh, or are you going to live your life on things of, on the things above where I am happy about what I have right now. That's what that means. That's not talking about walking in clouds. Is that gold dust? You know, those things do happen. I believe that. But I'm just saying, I want to make it clear what we're talking about. Right? Set your mind on things above. We don't have to worry about who wig fell off, right? We don't. It's irrelevant to life's purpose. It says for you died. Oh my God. You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. My God, I believe the plant understands that. The scripture says everything that has breath will praise the Lord. Plants are alive. They're not dead. And when they do die, they become ground. Even poison ivy can become soil. Poison sumac can become soil for something else. To grow. It's design. Divine design. Oh my God. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I always tell people that you are a summation of every decision you make right now. Not just have made because every day is a new day. Your decision today will determine tomorrow. Just past decision, current decision. I hope that we can decide today that we are dead. I am 
dead. I'm going to declare it until it's real. It's a different kind. And the workings of my old self are dead. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This appearance is simply a recognition and an acceptance. Listen to this. Of Christ's work in you and your continued pursuit of it. Oh my gosh. That plant, if you shield it from the light, it will die. It will die. If you take us away and put us in a silo, our body will lack vitamins that it needs. Things in us and probably us will die. Oh my goodness. A lot of our problem is that we're giving more time to other things that are not eternal. You listen, if my, if my life is hidden in Christ and God, I'm already an eternal being. I'm already eternal. Eternal people can't exist and have a whole fullness in their lives without the light. Because all of our answers are there. Our hope is there. If you're in a great despair about your destiny, look at your light life. Are you living in the light, your language, your words, your thoughts? Or are you running back to the old man? This isn't condemnation. This is consideration. Are you with me? Keep moving. For many years, I'm just going to put some things down that I understood about glory. Well, let's go back real quick. Um, Then you will also appear with him in glory. I want you to see this. Then you will also appear with him in glory. Then you will also appear with him in glory. This is very important. We're going to take that last sentence as we get ready to close. For many years, I saw glory as a part of God that he couldn't give me. I grew up in a church as a little kid that taught Isaiah 42 and 8. It said, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another. I heard that all my life out of context. All my life. People taught it. Prophets said it. They declared it. And I believed it. Also, I believed that there was a level of presence that I had to earn to receive God's glory. Oh, my goodness. How good can I be? How knowledgeable of the word could I be? What are all the rules I need to follow? Do I have to do all of these things? Or, oh, I'm not like that pastor. They've been pastoring for 30 years. They're closer to the glory of God. These are things that I believe. Was it a release for the elite, the proven, the powerful, the mighty, 
vessels of the Lord that have been in the faith longer than me as a place of access only attainable by perfection that I didn't believe I could ever attain. Not understanding, listen, that I was in him. We just saw that in Colossians 1, Colossians 3, 1 through 3, that we're in him. I mean, we are cloaked in a garden just by default of salvation. Let's just go back real quick. For you died, for Teresa died. Put your name there and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We're in the vineyard. We're not just on the vine. Good ground. Good ground. I also believed and saw God's glory as a consuming fire. It was fear to me. The glory of God was something to be feared because in the old covenant, people got zapped up by the power of the Spirit. But that was the old covenant, not the new. Oh my goodness. So we ask the question, where is God's glory? What is God's glory? What is this appearing and where is it appearing? Oh my God, this, I often say that when God shows up, Jesus and the Holy Spirit is there too. I and the Father are one. You can't have one without the other. You can't just have Holy Spirit and not have Jesus. You can't just have Jesus and not have God. They're all three present all the time. The Trinity is confusing, which is why I don't teach it. But if we understand this oneness, then we know that Wherever one is, the other is. When creation began, they were all together. At the end of our lives, they're still together. In eternity, they're in together. And then Jesus said, I and the Father are one. I wish that who? You would become one. We appear together. Oh, my God. The glory of God right now is the seed of God in you. The glory of God is the seed of God in you destined to reflect likeness and image. The glory of God, it is likeness and image rising in you, through you, out of you. The glory of God is revealed in the mind and the heart of God in you. Let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Without this field, without this seed having life on the inside of you, we can never attain those places that are not, that are destined for us. It's not hard. You just have to learn how to love him beyond obligation. You know, we all love our children without any obligation. Just think about that for a minute. If you are a son of a living mother or a living father, if you are a parent of a child, you already know what that relationship is like. 
There's nothing on earth that can compare to the love that a parent has for a child. Nothing. Same way with God. And he's given us all this. He's given us seed. He's given us seed. He's given us seed for one purpose. For one purpose. So that we will glorify him just like the plants and the trees and the animals. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So simple, it doesn't even make sense. Look at the care. How dare God give us a garden to cultivate in the beginning as a symbol of who we were destined to become. Eden was more than just a place for man to live and dwell and be prosperous. It was a reflection of cultivation and nurture. And some of us still don't recognize that divine place. It's amazing. Let's see this again. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears. I just want you to consider these plants just for a minute with no mind, no blood, no breath. God is appearing as you see them grow. Just Think about that. Every time they get stronger, God is appearing. They can't do this on their own. They are totally dependent on the ground that God has created for them. Pluck them out, their days are numbered. God is waiting for them to become something he could harvest. Remember last Sunday, Dr. K said this. She said, Jesus cursed the fig tree because it bore no fruit. Everything God creates bears fruit, including poison ivy. Oh my goodness, what an image. There's something so beautiful about gardening. It's just a reflection of how God loves us and cares for us and the ground that he's prepared for us. But when we decide that that ground is no longer good, it interrupts the void. I mean, it interrupts the process of growth. God has not left you. Guess what, though? You stepped away from the garden. We should be finding out where did I leave you in my prayer? Where did I leave you in my worship? Not activity, not things, not rules, 
Where did I leave you in my attitude, my inner conversations? Where did I leave you in my pessimistic perspectives? Where did I leave you? Because see, you're the ground that the seed is planted in. But if you're killing the seed, what can God do? God's following. How can he appear? Listen, I just know if some of you look to the days, I'm not asking you to go back to your past, but if you remember who you were before you even came to know Christ or what you allowed in your life before you knew him, or what you put up with or endured before you knew him, and you see your now, you can see your growth. And listen, you can see his appearing. Oh man, I remember when I would have just cussed somebody out. But his appearing, for I died. Are you following? It's that simple. For I died. There was a time, I remember the first time I got on an airplane. Nobody in my family, except, yeah, we have Wileen. My sister had been on an airplane. I was 15 years old, never been on a plane. Listen, there I was about to pass up an opportunity because I was too afraid to fly at 15. I got my little rah-rah friends, some of the house parents at the group home. They were like, you can do it. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. You can do it. Listen, that one moment changed my whole life. The appearing. Some people might say, but you didn't know the Lord. No, but he knew me. That's the difference. God knows everybody. Like, why does God do that for them? He hadn't done it. Well, he, he knows them. He's appearing. But he's appearing not because he just wants to show out, but because he wants to woo us. And he wants us to come. So when we see unbelievers being blessed, don't just think it's the work of the devil. The devil gives good gifts. How arrogant. God is good. Oh my God. God's glory is his nature. It's who he is. It's all the things in God's life that makes him God beyond humanity. Oh my goodness. It's who he is in eternity. His appearing in us is the revealing of himself to us. That's all it is. All your greatness is the revealing of Christ. The freedom in your mind, the forgiveness you've been able to extend, the relationships you've been able to reconcile, those are appearances. That's the stage of the kingdom. Some of you should be dead and in your grave if not for the interruption. 
and the sun's light shining down on you. Oh my goodness. I could have been killed in that car accident, but he appeared. Listen, God's glory signifies his majesty, his beauty, his transcendence, who he is outside of humanity, reminding us that God is greater than all creation. God's glory also signals his eminence, his closeness, his willingness to dwell among us, most profoundly revealed in Jesus Christ and also experienced through Holy Spirit's relationship with us. But when we ignore his desire for closeness, oh my God, because that's what it is. We're doing every other thing in the world. Going here, going there. No, no, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading the word. I don't feel like cultivating my garden. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. This is not where the word is. There's not enough. This here, that's not, but that's not the problem. The problem is not your teacher. It's what you cultivate in the garden of your life. Because every answer and solution we need, listen, I've seen people in horrible situations, but listen, they're cultivating the Lord, every step of the way, even when they, and all they do is scream, Abba! Then all of a sudden, things just work out. Because they understand the garden. On your worst day, he should be cultivated. Oh my God, because he says, when I, when you are weak, I am Oh, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, his sacrifice, his demonstration of love, his desire for closeness. That's what that means. It's not talking about, girl, I feel God. Not that. That's temporal. Behold yourself in a mirror. The scripture talks about this. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not just a room full of an atmosphere. If that was all it take, we'd be finished and we'd never have to meet again, right? But we preach and we teach and we strengthen solely for the purpose of being able to make sure that you're not giving up, but that every day you are following the sun. He said, and we have seen his glory, glory as of only the son from the father, full of grace and truth. Second Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We don't even realize we're contemplating it. 
God, I thank you for what you did for me. I thank you for saving my granddaughter. Lord, I thank you for working this this situation out. I thank you I haven't lost my mind. I thank you. I, I know I'm in pain, but I can walk. I know that my headaches are bad, Lord, but today it is good. Lord, I thank you because we are contemplating the Lord's glory. Never would have made it. Many of us can say that. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplates the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Oh my God. Every time you get one victory, that's why you can start off in a low place and then you come through on fire and nobody can ever meet you where you were before because he has appeared. Because when he appears, there is no backtracking. Yeah, I was, I was nanny boo boo back then, but not, not anymore. You can't run over me now. He appeared. And he appeared in grace and truth, not in hood and ratchet. Listen, Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. We sing that song, but we don't understand that glory is from him. Glory is through him and glory is to him for all things. Oh my God, the heavens, creation, and humanity are all cultivated under the expanse of the glory of God. We have to change the narrative of glory. I'm a, listen, I promise, Second Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let the light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of glory of God. Our hearts are to testify. Just like the earth declares his glory. We're supposed to be the same way. The same way. Everything that God has created. Everything exudes his glory. If we allow it. If we allow it. And it's our choice. It really is. You are what you eat. That's true in the natural and in the spirit. Amen. First Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. He called you out of darkness into the glory. Colossians 1.27, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, listen, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know that scripture that says God uses the foolish things to confound the wise? That's about his glory. It's about his resurrection power. 
It's about what he is able to do. Philippians 2, 15 through 16, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of light so that in this day of Christ, I may be proud I did not run in vain or labor in vain. It's for his glory. First Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You hear people saying that, to, to the glory of God. And then all this nastiness come out. That's not what that means. When we say to the glory of God, we're saying to his character to his heart, to his intention, to his will, to his way, to his desire, to his existence, to his eternal vision, to his eternal purpose. We're saying, I give it all to you. I count everything as a loss, except what I have gained through the life in Christ, which is good. Isaiah 60 and 1, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When Christ appears, there is a harvest of maturity. That's the riches of glory. The riches of glory is very simple, that we are weak, bending into the presence of the Lord. See, that wheat is heavy. That's why it's bending. Wheat grows straight up. And then it begins to lean because it can't bury the weight of the seed. This is what we're living for. This is why the Lord said, What's the, the, don't, don't destroy the tear right now. Let it grow up together so we can see who is leaning who is heavy so that we can figure out the weight of the glory because the weight of the glory is not performance. It's not. It's likeness and it's image. It's mutual desire with God. There's nothing wrong with our success, nothing at all because it is his glory. But it is wrong if it comes at the expense of not knowing him. How much more can he give us? Listen, I just want to pray for you today. If you've been in a place where you feel like you don't know whether you're coming or going, you don't know what decision to make, everything is going wrong, I just want to tell you, don't blame God because it's his glory that is carrying you. In the midst of this, your character is being perfected. You have the opportunity to walk greater in image, greater in likeness. You have an opportunity to cry, to scream, even to be angry, but let him carry you. If you feel as if your life is unfulfilled, I just believe the Lord wants you to know that 
even if you're not getting all the boxes or checks on your list checked off, he has a place for you to be satisfied right now. And it's called trusting him. That's it. Trusting him. Trust him. Hmm. Father, I just pray that those who are here today that find themselves at a place of indecision will embrace good ground. They are the good ground. They are the place of the sea. Father, I pray that you will teach them to nurture that sea, not from their mind alone, but Lord, that their mind might connect with their heart. And they'll be able to love you from a sacrificial place. Father, we speak to the negative inner conversations. Those are what defeat us most. I know there's a lot of focus on the devil and on the enemy, but today is for you, God. It's for you to know, and we are declaring that we will focus on you. That we will focus on you, God. I'm just going to ask those that are here just to stand. And if you're online and if you're in your home, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. And just lift your hands. And say you surrender. Surrender. We live in a world where everybody expects hands to be laid. And we can do that. We want to come in agreement. We believe the word of the Lord concerning laying on of hands. But some decisions are just between us and the Lord. First, I want us to just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord for putting myself before you for putting my problems and my circumstances ahead of the garden that you have laid for me father i've walked outside of the pasture i'm not saying i've walked into the world but lord i know that i haven't been aligned just right with your plans and your purposes for me. I want right alignment. I'm not talking empty promises. I just need to know what to do right now, Lord. And I need you to touch my heart. Touch my heart. I've even forgotten how to get in your presence. But I know Holy Spirit is on the inside of me just for the purpose of cultivating my ground. Here I am. I am in your garden. And your garden is in me. I want to reach for your light like all creation. 
I want to find myself in that place. Father, even activate my tongue language again because I feel like I've lost it. If that is you, take the chance. And I hear the Lord saying, I, I want you to pray in your tongue language over the next few days as if, it's, as if you're crying out for your very life. Until that breaking and that crumbling up happens in your ground. Hallelujah. I need you. I need you. I hear the Lord saying there's no condemnation in this place. There's nothing lost in this place. Absolute nothing. Stop the conversation. I should be further along than I am right now. Because that indicates that you're trying to catch up to something when all the Lord needs from you in this moment. All he needs from you in this moment is just your yes. Because he's starting from right now, not yesterday. Lord, I, I pray that the, the seed to read the word, new covenant is planted on the inside of them. The words of Jesus. Even if they have to just read his promises so that you can appear. When you pick up your Bible, he will appear in you. Cry out to him, sing. It's not about how good it sounds. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. For your glory in me. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. I am your glory. I am your glory. You created me. And you called me by name. I am yours. I am yours. I declare you'll come alive right now in the name of Jesus. It's not me. It's the power of God in you. The same seed in you as in me. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. I am here, Lord. 
I am here, Lord. This is my new beginning. Connect with that place again. Even if you're connecting in a place of tears. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Your glory is appearing in me right now. Your glory is appearing in me right now. Your glory is appearing in me right now. Your glory is making itself known right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. To press. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory, glory, glory. When you appear, Lord. believe that the Lord wants you to know that his appearance can be as simple as a new mind shift. It can be as simple as a conviction. It can be as simple as a life change. <laughs> it's, it's not complicated. There are no steps. There are no rules. God wants your closeness. That's it. For your glory. For your glory. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today, Conservatory. God be with you.